whatever you do with intention is so powerful. So when you have an intentional plan around your learning and you say to yourself, I'm going to be a lifelong learner, that's an intention. I want to be better in 2021 than I was in 2020. That's intention. And when you have that clarity around that, then you're, you can measure your success. I'm going to get some fireworks awesome. for, the next, for the next time. So actually, if we were going to have fireworks, we should maybe have had them today. But uh, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shop Talk Podcast brought to you by 124Go. I'm your co-host, Chris Sulme, and very similar to many other episodes sitting here with my great friend, Mr. John Calmary. And man, are we excited today. So... I don't even know. I mean, if you can hear my heart thumping in your earbuds right now, mm-hmm. then you're getting good sound quality because it's it's racing a mile a minute. So the person that we're bringing to you today doesn't need an introduction, but I'm definitely going to give- What you're going to do it anyways? I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Why? Because she deserves it. Not because you need it, because she deserves it. So um, first of all, today, sitting across the screen from us, coming from the Hamptons, New York, is Miss Vivian McKender. So Vivian, welcome. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's an honor. It's, it's, it's all our honor. And so if you, you happen to be maybe new to the industry or somehow haven't heard of Vivian in the past, you just haven't crossed paths yet. She's the founder of hairdressertv.com. And on that site features over a thousand videos for in salon and school training. Um, she's a Joyco International Guest Artistic Director or was from the years 2016 to 2018. She's been, I would say, the artistic director and influencer of of multiple brands through the years. North American Hairstylist of the Year Awards Honoree Lifetime Achievement Award, and she still looks way younger than you in 2009. Visionaire Award at Intercoiffaire, Leo Passage Educator of the Year Award by Intercoiffaire, fashion director for Intercoiffaire North America, producer and director of the film series. I'm not just a hairdresser. She's a blogger. She's a host and content for Bespoke TV. And in my eyes, she's a legend and somebody that I grew up watching her videos and watching her style some of the most beautiful hair ever. So Vivian, I hope I didn't miss anything, but uh, you deserved all of it and, and more. John. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. I know the listeners are tired of listening to me pontificate here. Let's get into this conversation, man. Yeah. Um, Vivian, one of the places we really like to start is how people got into the industry, because that's kind of like the piece that connects us. So tell us the story. How did hairdressing end up in your lap? How did this journey begin? Actually, I was originally a professional dancer. And when I realized at the sweet age of 18 that my professional career was about to come to a grinding halt, Mm -hmm. I thought, what else could I do? And I was always fascinated backstage to watch real people come off the street and be transformed into costumes, wigs and makeup and go out onto the stage and really have a totally different character. Mm -hmm. And from being a dancer, I could clearly feel the experience of transformation from image, from the outside, mm-hmm. how it impacted the inside. So there was something that made a huge impression upon me. And um, when it came to the thought, well, Vivian, you're not going to dance anymore. Uh, what else are you going to do? Somebody, I was a family friend said, well, why don't you do hair? And I said, that's the most peculiar thing to, th- to do, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I said, well, I don't know about that. And they said, well, you do really well in the film industry or the theater because you've grown up in that world. Mm -hmm. So I was sent off to the London College of Fashion, which is a really good college in the heart of London for training people in the foundation of the craft. Mm -hmm. So we learned how to make wigs. We we did all sorts of constructions that go into the world of film and theater Mm -hmm. and and of course television. And I did my two year program there. And um, a friend said to me, well, you need to go and work at the BBC. So for anyone who's not familiar with British television, (laughs) 
Um, the BBC is is a big network in the UK, and they are very known for doing uh, historical dramas. Mm. And so if you wanted to do Pride and Prejudice or any of those classic period pieces where the hair is more interesting, that's mm. a very good place to begin. Mm. I was very lucky. I had a friend who was uh, the head of the wig department, makeup and wig department at the BBC. Right. And I declined the opportunity. Really? I was scared. Okay. Mm. And I didn't feel like I had the skill set and I was nervous about being around celebrity. Mm -hmm. And so in my college holidays, I went to Vidal Sassoon's and I did a course there. And while I was there, they said, would you like to come back and do an apprenticeship program with us when you finish at college? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I know that there'll be cosmetology students listening to this. And um, it was interesting while I was at college. That's all I knew, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I just thought if I came out with an honors diploma, mm -hmm. uh, it's like a bachelor's in the UK, then surely I could do whatever I wanted in the world, not realizing, well, that was just one step mm -hmm. a lot in the ladder. And um, so I went to Sassoon's and did my training there. And I thought, well, I'll get some experience at Sassoon's. And then when I am done, I will then go back into this dream of the film and theater. Mm -hmm. But you know what? This is really interesting for everybody to know. Skills can be taught. But the ability, the aptitude can't be taught. Mm -hmm. And I have an aptitude for very rarely doing the same thing twice, mm -hmm. <laughs> which if you ask my husband, it's really quite challenging. To <laughs> yeah, <me>. yeah, <laughs> right. yeah, a good thing to the rest of the world and really challenging to the people you're close with. <laughs> because I don't like to repeat myself. Mm -hmm. Well, the aptitude you need for film and theater is continuity. Mm -hmm. And to be able to do the same thing day after day after day after day, mm -hmm. for it not to get better and for it not to get worse. Mm -hmm. And so there was something that always held me back from going into that world, even though I grew up in that world. And since then, I've been offered films and I've always declined because I recognized, even though I was young, that I would have loved it on day one. Mm -hmm. And then day two, it'd be like, oh, gosh, and I'm not the sort of person that can hurry up and wait. Mm -hmm. I need to be busy all the time. Mm -hmm. So some people do really well, a little bit of busyness and then sitting back, looking at a magazine, looking at Instagram, chatting sure. with their friends, going back to work. That's not me. Mm -hmm. If I'm working, I am working. I don't sit down. Right. So clearly, even though I had the hand skills, mm -hmm. I didn't have the aptitude skills. And I always say there are three important things that need to link the love for what you do. And then you've got to have the, the ability for it to, for loving it that much that your destiny is calling you to it mm -hmm. and that you can be compensated. Mm -hmm. Because I, I was a dancer who loved dancing, but my destiny wasn't to become a professional dancer. And my mm -hmm. compensation as a dancer was quite small. Mm -hmm. right? what, what, I mean, honestly, what I love about what you're saying, and I wrote a question down when you said you were scared. Um, and it was, were you really scared or was your gut telling you that this wasn't the thing? Because there are, you know, there's so many different choices and I'm glad you spoke, like you kind of spoke directly to hair school students there for a second or somebody in the first part of your career to know like, there's so much that this industry has to offer. And there are a lot of, I want to call it shiny things, especially right now. I mean, back then, I'm sure the BBC might've been the shiniest of things. You know, it's like, there it is dangling in front of you. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, all I have to do is open up the phone and there are all these shiny things. And I, I don't know, I guess my question is, was it now that you're looking back, was it fear or do you think maybe your gut was kind of already pointing you in the right direction and going, I think I got a different mm -hmm. destiny. Well, now in my wisdom, I would say that my intuitive self was, was sending a signal from the gut mm. to my heart, to my brain saying, don't go down that path. Mm. But in my youth, I just recognized it as fear. Mm. And I think that's a really valid point that you're saying to truly identify, do it afraid, which means mm. be courageous and it will work out because mm. it's the unknown mm. versus I feel really uncomfortable about this. It just does not feel right. It's like when you, you 
when you're shopping for the salon to go into the mm -hmm. salon that you would like to call home it takes a long time to root yourself mm -hmm. to feel grounded and to then prosper and thrive and you're wiser to shop from place to place until in your heart you go ah this feels good i may be scared but it feels good feels but right. i think that's the difference you know, one of the things I want to talk about for a minute, because the last, you know, a bunch of folks that we've interviewed over the last couple of months went through the Sasu training. Can you talk about that just for a little bit? You know, what was that experience like? Because, you know, that was in the beginning. Well, when I went there, I was told, darling, go to the best of the best mm -hmm. and don't compromise. And that was a friend who was uh, not in the industry, a family friend. Mm -hmm. And so when I went there, I remember clearly walking in and feeling very intimidated because mm -hmm. I witnessed things that were so extraordinary. I witnessed fashion that was extraordinary. Mm -hmm. I saw amazing hair, flamboyant personalities, because just imagine for the moment mm -hmm. you have a business that is the best in the world and no one can catch you. Now mm -hmm. think about how hard that is today. Right. You come up with an idea today, you put it on social media and within no time at all is being copied somewhere else and you're no longer the leader. Mm -hmm. So to be in that prominent position, to be the best of the best means you have power. Mm -hmm. So as the boss running that organization, mm -hmm. if I say to this apprentice, jump, the apprentice will say, how high? Right. While they're in the air. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the discipline was extremely, very strict, very mm -hmm. demanding. I wouldn't say it was a whole lot of fun. Mm -hmm. because it was hard mm -hmm. but the discipline was the thing that one needed in order to do those extraordinarily difficult haircuts because bear in mind it wasn't a long square layer and an ombre being mm -hmm. spat out on everybody as much yeah. as I like that yeah. it was not that it was true precision Mm -hmm. handcrafted gorgeous hairstyles so the discipline of the apprenticeship program mm -hmm. usually two to three years as a full-on apprentice mm -hmm. several model nights each night uh two, uh two 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 nights a week excuse me uh when you left the salon to go to the school you would have to do an exam of showing at least five to six models showing classic haircuts mm -hmm. Then if you pass that test, you went into the school for three months and that three months was to hone those skills and then to your major, major test, which could be 10 models. Mm -hmm. And the artistic directors would assess that and see whether you were worthy to go into the salon. Mm -hmm. Most people didn't make it to the, through the junior uh, test. Were they not making it more because of the more, it, you know, it sounds like if I'm a young person, I mean, my morale is just defeated when I look at the task ahead of me, was it, did you, were there skilled people there? And it's like, no, they, they could do it, but they just didn't have the, maybe it turned them off, you know, the well, discipline of it. Well, think of the Navy SEALs. If you've ever heard what a Navy SEAL goes through, right. they break you down to build you up. Mm -hmm. And therefore when you're built up, you are pretty strong mm -hmm. and you um, have such tenacity and a strength and endurance. Um, so, you know that when you are there, and this is the secret card, mm -hmm. every door in the world will open to you if you are successful at Sassoon's at that period of time, because no one's doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the thousands of offshoots that came from the Vidal Sassoon philosophy of cutting mm -hmm. hair, right. uh, somebody somewhere went to Sassoon's who went to Sassoon's and da, 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 da. Yeah. It has yeah. influenced so many lives. So if you were, I was an artistic director there. So if you were an artistic director there, you became this incredible like demigod mm -hmm. yeah. because you had so much power Mm -hmm. And you had the world was open to you. So I traveled the world. I did mm -hmm. photo shoots. I did all these amazing things. But sometimes today we put the horse before we don't put the horse in front of the car. We put mm -hmm. the car in front of the horse and we say, I want this. But we say, no, 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 no. In order to get that, you mm -hmm. have to have that discipline, because if you don't have those skills, a problem will come along, a difficult client whatever it may be, and you're going to fall down on your face because you don't have the skill set to endure. Mm -hmm. Vivian, you used a word twice that I don't think I've heard folks use on our podcast before. You said power a couple of times. Yeah. Why that word, if I could? 
Well, power is is an extraordinary thing because the power of choice, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the power to be able to step out there and be the best version of yourself, mm-hmm. the power to be able to say, I would like to have whatever that dollar rate be for the day. It, mm-hmm. it, it's a, a place of authority. And mm-hmm. when you, I, I use it in, the, the, in those terms because in the past it was like that. Today, I don't feel like that. Mm-hmm. Today, I feel the competitive market has changed that whole platform for how can I can be competitive? Mm-hmm. How can I stand out in the sea of sameness? Right. How can I be different and yet fit in? Mm-hmm. So here we're trying to squeeze into this little place and try and be politically correct. But in those days, we were powerful because no one threatened us. You know, it's funny because one of the things we met Tim Hartley a while back, one of our first podcasts, and he was such a joy to podcast with. But one of the things that he brought I up, and I tackled him in a hotel lobby and made him sit down with yeah. us. <laughs> We did have to tie him to the to, to the chair, but he, you know, he was fine afterwards. <laughs> but when we met him, one of the things he kept bringing up, he, one of the phrases he used was rock and roll, that hairdressing was so rock and roll then. And if I kind of, you know, look back on my own career as a hairdresser and kind of see the state of where things are now, obviously it's different. And just like you said, it's a com- very competitive marketplace now, right? Much more different than it has been in the past. But if I guess I long for that time, even in my own career, when hairdressing was a little bit more rock and roll than what it is now. I mean, now it's just, we're so busy trying to sell something, right? That sometimes I wonder if our craft is losing out a little bit on that. And I know you kind of just touched base on that a little bit, but you didn't use the word rock and roll, but what is that competitiveness and all of us trying to stand out, you blend in at the same time. You know, what do you think that's done for us as hairdressers? Good, bad, indifferent? Well, I, I think it's always a challenge to mix the commerce with the art and mm-hmm. have that balance. And in any salon, you're going to have some of your most highly profitable salon stylists who are your bread and butter, who are mm-hmm. consistent, steady eddies, right. and they are the rock of the salon. And they may not do the most innovative work, but they are consistent. And that's so important in our business. Mm-hmm. And then a clever salon will have someone who's a bit of a firecracker, who's mm-hmm. coming up with crazy ideas. They're the one that you want in the party because they're just so flamboyant and they mm-hmm. keep everyone entertained and engaged. They right. may not be the busiest, but they add, if they're the right person, they add delight and mm-hmm. they add the creativity because you never know what they're going to come to work dressed in there's this wonderful flamboyanceness which I think our industry needs so it's trying to balance that yin and yang and and find a voice and and bear in mind we've been through decades of very set fashion um fashionable looks and and ideas now we're in a phase of let me be individual. So you could be hippie bohemian, you could be rock and roll, you can be glamorous, you can be chic, you can be any of the, any of those, you can be cutesy, and you can dress head to toe in one of those statements. And they're all very unique and very, very different. So we're not following um, sort of a, a, a trend the way we used to. It's very much more individual. And in some ways, we're a little lost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, how long did you work for um, Sassoon? I was with Sassoon's for about nine years. Nine years. And I'm going to ask you this question because you've had such a great career. I'm going to ask you this question a couple of times. Um, if there's one thing that you think you walked, you know, I know there's more than one, but if you had to pick one thing that you walked away from Sassoon from, what would be the number one thing you walked away from, with there um, with? Discipline. Discipline. It- Go ahead, Chris. Oh, no, well, it's, you know, that word comes up all the time yeah. with us when we're talking to those two, to anybody that come from that lineage. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, we just had Tracy Sackasitz on um, not too long ago. And I mean, she is maybe one of my all time favorite people of all time um, to say that. In fact, I'll say it again of all time. I mean, I just, I just adored that con- those conversations we were able to have with her. Yeah. Um, and she brought a feeling from sitting across the screen, much, much like you are now. You know, I, 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 I fully knew in my mind that you would show up, um, you know, the way you show up everywhere that I've ever seen or heard you speak, you know, a, a be- a, an amazing representation of the beauty industry. And, and she showed up across the screen, an amazing representation of Sassoon. And the discipline comes up so often that I think now we're, 
we are seeing incredible work. I mean, you know, some of the hand painting that's happening and, you know, the, the I'll call it innovation around that. And even now still fashion hair color, uh, while it's, you know, a lot more people have grabbed a hold of it, it's still, there's still people innovating there. Um, and so I think there's discipline happening, but it's so different. W w how has discipline changed for the new person now? And I guess, is it, is it still an important thing? Well, when you think about discipline of cutting a, a beautiful geometric shape, it's mm -hmm. very unforgiving. So if you don't craft it in the most precise way, you're making the most beautifully hand cut suit that requires such perfection of fit. And you're not using thinning scissors to correct a little boo-boo. You're not layering it out because the, the graduation jumped. You're not um, going through with the razor to soften the ends because of another little boo-boo. Mm -hmm. And today we can say, oh, I'm texturizing it. Oh, I'm <laughs> detailing it. And that may be true. But when you look at a pure design, in the way that we were raised then, which I think is still important. It's wonderful to have that, that skill because it's a dexterity skill and it's also training your eye. Mm -hmm. Today, there's a different type of discipline because the discipline of structure is, is living inside a box of geometric design, but it's also important to know how to be undisciplined, to mm. relax a look, to be free, but understand that underneath it all, you have built something that has substance. The, the shape will shampoo and still look great. It will mm. be rough dried and still look great because it's the cut that counts. Mm. So if you're cutting to the fabric, it's very specific. But if you're doing a hair cut, that's going to now require a blow dryer. It's now going to require a curling iron. It's going to require tricks to make it look good. Then it's not about the cut anymore. The cut was just bringing up the length. It's about the styling and the finishing, which is very temporary. So this assumed philosophy still to this day, it's about that hair cut. She shakes her head. She runs her fingers through it. The cut is really there. Mm -hmm. So now Sassoon's today is much more loose than the Sassoon's of the earlier years. But everything moves in a cycle. When the hair is as long as and long as it is, when it's as layered and layered as it is, when it's ombre, where do you go? You have to switch and mm -hmm. go to a different direction. Right. And so we go back, add something new to it and becomes retro with a new sensibility. So, you know, I think that is what's important for mastery is the balance to understand when discipline of perfection is required and when the relaxation of discipline is required for that lived in look. But eventually the lived in look will be viewed as untidy sure. and we'll go back to something more polished and shiny again because mm -hmm. we live in the wheel of fashion. Mm -hmm. And fashion generally in the past has been a seven year cycle. These cycles are very fast moving. Some stick, some are micro fashions and some do last longer. So it's a different thing. And today I think what's more important is to design to the landscape of where that person lives. Like when I'm designing, the consultation to me is king. And I, I know it's interesting in a recent survey, they asked the consumer, do you get a consultation? 97% of the consumer said, yes, I get a consult. Sorry, it's, they asked in the survey, of the hairdresser, how many of you get give a consultation? Let's get this right, Vivian. 97% of the hairdresser said, I give a consultation. They asked the same question to the consumer and the consumer, 7% said that they get a consultation. Right. So think about that. 97% think they're doing it and yeah. only 7% 7, 7 think they're actually receiving it. So when I'm doing my consultation today, it is completely different to the Vivian of the earlier years that thought mm -hmm. about the haircut, the technique, the style. That's the very last thing I think of today. My mm -hmm. first thing I think about is how quiet or loud is that hairstyle going to be? Because mm -hmm. I could do rock and roll and make it very quiet. And I could do rock and roll and make it edgy. Sure. Then I think about where does she live in fashion? Is she bohemian? Is she rock and roll? Is she, you know, sophisticated? Where does she live in fashion? Mm -hmm. Then my next thing is I think about the sensuality of that woman. Because today a woman can show up being boyish, sensual, glamorous, feminine, cute she can show up in all her different ways so i could do rock and roll that's quiet yeah. rock and roll 
that is very feminine and soft. Or I could do rock and roll that's loud. And I could do rock and roll that's very boyish, right? Yeah. Notice how my energy shifted? Yeah, I loved it. And when I'm talking to somebody, if they're quiet, I bring my voice down. I meet them where they live energetically. And when they're exuberant, I bring my energy up. So I match people with energy because energy is power. Mm -hmm. And then I find out where they live, first of all. So one could say I'm designing from the inside of the head to the outside. Mm -hmm. Then I go to face shape. And while the oval is the classic and face shapes have trends, just like anything else, a squarer face has been more on trend, but the classic is an oval. You can never go wrong with an oval. Mm -hmm. So I then design to make an oval face shape. And from there, I then step back and I look at their body type and make sure I balance them. Mm-hmm. The very last thing I think about is the technique, is what I'm doing with the hair. Sure. Because what's the point in doing the most beautiful haircut that's the mm-hmm. finest haircut in the world on the wrong person? How long did it take you to refine that, what you just explained to us? Years. Yeah. <laughs> years yeah. and years and years. When I was at Sassoon's, and also at Trevor Sorby, who is, again, another iconic hairdresser. I was very blessed to be with two iconic hairdressing houses and to be the artistic director of those, those two big I houses. To, I have to say this with you bringing him up because I think I knew I could make it as a hairdresser the day I saw Trevor on stage because he was a little short, bald guy, <laughs> as am I. And I said, if, if he can stand on stage and act like that, then I maybe I can, too. I can at least grow a clientele. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he was a showman for those of you. And I know you're about to you know speak towards him, but um, you know for for a young person who's listening, you know we 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 hear of people like Philip Wolf and you know all all these people now that are that are Instagram worthy. But I mean, this was back at a time where you had to get on an airplane to fly across the Atlantic Ocean to ever be seen. Um, in the United States, and then, you know, to walk on stage and to, wow, I want to say, you know, thousands of people from the audience. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, the fact that you got to work with both of them is just amazing. So, yeah, it, it was, but, it, but it was, a, you know, it's a real key point in my history is like remembering that time because he, um, you know, he's one of those iconic people that that a lot of people came from his camp as well. Um, I think it's where I met Ruth Roach was the first time ever was when she was a, uh, a Trevor Sorby, whether it be, I don't know that if she was an artistic director or whatever it was, but. Yeah, yeah. dear Ruth. I love Ruth. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> I, we, I, Trevor and I uh, saw Ruth's uh, audition. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's precious thing. We actually hired her mm-hmm. and uh, she got lost behind this huge head of backcombing and it was the most adorable thing. And I fell in love with her. And <laughs> I, said to Trevor, I said, she's got something, Trevor. She said, and he was like, she can't even do hair. I went, <laughs> she's, got, she's got something. And yeah. lo and behold, she is one of the finest hairdressers in the world and the most beautiful, beautiful woman. But it was just so precious because she was so nervous. She said, she's sitting there well, she's doing hair and we're just like, staring at her the poor thing Mm -hmm. and like what the heck is she doing and she can feel we're thinking what the heck can you know is she doing Mm -hmm. and yeah she's brilliant but you know what's interesting to that your point I've been very fortunate by the length of my career to and and that I chose with intention to be with the best of the best in the world so that I could learn I saw things for the first time and today, because I've seen the, the painted hair, you know, back in the, the early days of doing it, you know, mm-hmm. th- th- that's not new. It's all been done before. Um, but we saw, because I saw them for the very first time and I saw the original artists create them, mm-hmm. there's something extraordinary standing by someone's side and watching them create the very first. Mm-hmm. Now we go onto Instagram and we see some amazing work there. We see indifferent work there. We see everything out there because everyone's Mm self-publishing. But when you grow up in a time where an editor of a magazine is going to to decide whether they're going to publish you or not, Mm -hmm. that's a whole different ball game when you're asking an expert to publish you and they won't. Right. And then when you do eventually get accepted, wow, that has so much meaning because somebody else has selected you versus being a Mm self-publisher. So today we live in a world where everyone is copying everybody. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to find originality because they're all me-toos. 
-hmm. And many of them, it's like, this is my new invention. It's like, I saw somebody else doing that last week on Instagram. You just copied it. So the originality and the beauty is is a very rare thing to find today. And Mm -hmm. to have witnessed it in my career, it's been incredible. I mean, how long did you work with, um, I know there was probably some time between Sassoon and Trevor Sorby, maybe there wasn't. How long did you work with uh, Trevor? I think it's about eight years. Right. I'm going to ask you the same question. What was the one or the one thing you left there that you learned that really stuck with you? Never compromise beauty. Ah, now that's a little different. Tell me more about that. Well, Trevor was also from the Sassoon world. So Mm -hmm. there was nothing that Trevor cannot do with hair, Mm -hmm. which makes him a genius. And if you look at anyone who comes from the camp of Trevor Sorby and from our friends listening, you need to Google these people, Sally Brooks, Angelo Simonera, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Eugene, um, Eugene Suleiman, um, Antoinette Binders. These are all the people that came, Ruth Roach, that came from Trevor's camp. Mm-hmm. And Trevor could do anything with hair. Because he could do anything with hair, he could easily have gone so creative that he could have made it ugly. Mm-hmm. He never, ever compromised beauty for a new invention. When he created the scrunch, the first person to scrunch hair, I witnessed him scrunching Mm -hmm. hair and thinking, what the heck are you doing? (laughs) Before that, we were doing smooth and sleek little hairstyles, right? Right. And he's scrunching. Then I saw him do the wolf, which was the the crop with the tipped ends and it had that fur-like feeling and it was all like frosted ends. And it's like, the ends are all jagged, huh? Like. What are you doing? <laughs> and and all of the innovations that he did, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they were always beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think that some people can be so artistic, right? So original, so out there with their creativity that you can take something that could otherwise be beautiful and make it ugly. I think that's a great distinction, right? But also too, when you fall in love with your work, which is it's, it's important to like what you do. Um, mm-hmm. And very important. But when you fall in love with your work, love can be blind. Mm-hmm. And also, if you've struggled and and really worked so hard at something, so say for example, it's something that's avant-garde and it's for say a competition, you may have put weeks into it. So now there's emotion attached to it. Mm-hmm. But when the end user sees that image, they don't know how much you've worked on it, and they really don't care. Mm-hmm. So if you put in 20 hours and you're loving it and they look at it and go, oh, you should have stopped after the first hour. You've right. killed it. Mm-hmm. And I've had people say that to me. Trevor would walk into a room and say, you've killed this. You should have stopped <laughs> ages ago. That's ugly. I mean, he would tell me, that's ugly, Vivian. Yeah. You know, you crossed the line. So you, you've got to know, you've got to have that fine line between, okay, that's creative. And now if you push it, oh, it went into bad taste. Yeah. I, I um of this this is so nice walking down this this kind of memory lane and you know as I'm 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 looking across the screen and I'm listening uh, I had to remember that it's Vivian McKinder telling these stories and and the fact is you've become that icon you know you've in your career become that leader and you're that you're that trailblazer and uh, Leah Freeman's a friend of mine and she you know told me the story about the first time she ever got to meet you and how gracious you were and how nervous she was going up. And I consider Leah a future icon. Um, and so I'm curious around, because my, you know, my impression of you, right? And I think we're, we are, I always say our brand is the thing that people think about us, right? Um, it, it would be, if, my, if I had to give a definition, it would be ultimate sophistication. You know, I, I, I've always seen you your approach. Now, you know, I've, I've always seen you, my work got sophisticated when I, you know, bought that videotape that I told you about that I watched until it broke. There was a period of time where I wasn't, I hadn't heard your name for a little while. And then you launch a, an online platform of education with over a thousand videos. Now, now all of our friends in the industry are doing 50, I have 50 videos. I have maybe a hundred. You went, you know, into, I'm going to call it hiding and innovated to, to make that amount of content is just extraordinary. So I guess I have two questions in my, in my rant about this. Number one is, but what's, what's the one thing maybe that you're the most proud of? Well, 17 years ago, I started Hair Designer TV. 
And it was a crazy idea because YouTube didn't exist. A phone was merely a phone. Mm-hmm. I couldn't take a photograph on a phone. Um, and so I had this idea that while I was traveling the world doing what I was doing, how could I help people when I wasn't physically there? And so I came up with this idea that if I could create this virtual world where people could go and study from the comfort of their home, then surely their their growth would continue because, you know, I just came back from Australia and it was like, oh gosh, so now what happens, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll create that. And it started off with these huge CDs and we were going to create this center where people would somehow get this information sent through this CD. It was just a crazy, crazy idea because the <laughs> internet wasn't what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I learned, you know, um, I've, I failed forward because there's, you know, there's, there's incredible... In business, timing is so important. You hear that word so often. Mm -hmm. And when you're the first one out there, the pioneer, expect to get arrows in your back. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went out there not knowing how to edit, not knowing how to film, not knowing how to be on camera, not knowing any of any of that stuff the web design there weren't platforms like you can go to today there are cookie cutter platforms you just plug into them there was none of that and I also didn't have the resources for it but I had a burning desire to create it and I came up with this idea to have this tablet this is before the iPad and I thought if I could get the information onto this tablet because hairdressers don't like computers but if they had a tablet and the tablet could sit on the station and then people would be able to see my education in there maybe it would be good because VHSs were happening still (laughs) DVDs were happening right and I'm thinking no that's so old it has to be a way that's more usable and so I found a company that did these strange little tablets but it would only hold like 25 videos and then the following year Steve Jobs comes out with the iPad and I go oh my gosh that's amazing (laughs) so I would say that head designer TV has been one of the most challenging businesses to run to learn it's taught me the most but I would like to 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 say it's been the most rewarding because I've been able to help so many people around the world Mm -hmm. have access and be able to um work on things that are broken down into such a simple way because Instagram learning and YouTube learning is random learning. You Mm -hmm. randomly fall upon something, go, that's a really great idea. And you think, wow. Then you randomly fall upon something else. Intention and anything you do in life is powerful. Mm -hmm. Whether Mm -hmm. you exercise with intention, whether you love with intention, whatever you do with intention is so powerful. So when you have an intentional plan around your learning and you say to yourself, I'm going to be a lifelong learner, that's an intention. I want to be better in 2021 than I was in 2020. That's intention. And when you have that clarity around that, then you can measure your success. Mm-hmm. And it's not measuring the likes on a social feed unless you're strategizing to, to have a brand sponsor you. That's mm-hmm. a good strategy if that's what you want. But for most of us, that's not the reason why. We want to be appreciated and liked by a whole bunch of strangers for some peculiar reason, right? Yeah, right. Uh, um, and we want to agonize over losing our life while we're looking at a digital platform. So when you have when you can measure it and you can see your growth and you can see that you're better today than you were yesterday, that's very, very powerful. And that's been like a, a focus for me to really help people. During, during COVID, I had a client reach out to me who had many schools and she said, my, my, my staff are, are you know, sad and my students are sad. Can you do something to motivate them? And I was just watching my own world implode. Mm-hmm. My whole business was falling before my very eyes. And a big part of my business was live events, Mm -hmm. keynote speeches, seminars, workshops, photo shoots. Those are all live events, all gone. Right. And now people wanting their money back. We're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars. I can't do that workshop. I want my money back. All of that stuff going on. Mm -hmm. I think, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And I thought, I can't honestly present to these people i'm having a pity party right now (laughs) i'm i'm busy i'm booked with a pity party with vivian and her pity Mm -hmm. and i thought well that's not going to get me anywhere so i had about an hour's pity party and then the next day i wrote to her and i said yes let's do something and then i thought okay let's get let's get real about this i can't act my way through and i can't make excuses 
because when I look on and I when I when I'm on my deathbed, I'm not going to say, "Oh, I wish I'd made up more excuses." Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that. Right. I'm going to say, "What opportunities did I create out of crisis? Mm-hmm. What did I do with what I was given?" Right. So I'm thinking, okay, everyone's in the same boat right now, so you can't have a pity party. And I thought, right, what do you do when you're feeling sad? You reach out to the most amazing people you love and admire. Mm-hmm. And I started Hair Heroes. Mm-hmm. And I made the first call to a dear friend who I so admire, Desmond Murray, mm-hmm. British hairdresser, award-winning genius. And I said, Desmond, would you be on a, a Hair Hero show? He said, yeah, Viv, what's it all about? I went, I don't know, you're the first, <laughs> right? I don't know. Yeah. And it has grown. Mm-hmm. To the point now where Errol Douglas, Anthony Muscola, uh, Sally Brooks, all these iconic hairdressers mm-hmm. who, are, who have been published in major magazines, who've worked for major fashion designers, editorial campaigns, um, award-winning, incredible stuff. Mm-hmm. And it has been the most amazing journey because I said, okay, I want to know how you think mm-hmm. to how you created that image. Mm-hmm. Because I look at a picture, but that doesn't tell me how you thought to get to that picture. Right. I want to know how you thought. That's the first thing. Because everyone's looking through Instagram, but you you don't know what was on their mind. Right. You're just browsing through, right? And something will arrest you and like make you stop. And then you carry on browsing. And most of the time you forget what you've looked at. Right. So it's just, it's, it's kind of endless scrolling, really. Mm. It just is busy, busy time. It's like knitting. Your fingers are doing a lot of moving, but you know, it's just busy time mm-hmm. and, and great things can come from it, of course. So I thought, right, I've got to go inside their brain. Then the next thing I want them to do is teach me. Mm-hmm. I want to learn. I want to learn something different. I want to be pushed. I want to be stretched. I want to think, I want to know how they think. I want to think like them and learn something new. And I thought, well, what if I make a mistake? And then I thought that would be hysterical. That'd be so funny to mm-hmm. really screw up in front of them and thousands of people. Go for it. And then afterwards, I thought, right, I'm going to do that. And then I just want a little bit of a deeper dive into how they handle intimidation, how they handle frustration, how they handle things when they don't go well, because Mm -hmm. that's healing me. Mm -hmm. And if it heals me, it will heal thousands. So from the crisis came an opportunity. And it's now my favorite, favorite thing that I'm doing, Hair Heroes. Yeah, so yeah. If you guys, if you haven't seen it, watch it, watch it, watch it, because these people are amazing. And in 2021, I've got some incredible people coming as well. Vivian, so, where do we find Hair yeah. Heroes? Hair Heroes is on Hair Designer TV. Great. Awesome. And uh, yeah, you can sign up there. I think there's a there's a formation of your of your path that we skipped. And I think it's really important for a lot of folks you went from Trevor Sorby. I'm sure there were things in between, but now it's Hair Designer TV. There's that transition from working for these iconic houses, right? And as Chris said, becoming an icon yourself. I want to know about that gap because, <laughs> because for me, I would, there's security in that, right? When you work for the likes of Sassoon, when you work for the likes of Trevor Sorby, you're in rarefied company. You know you're going to learn something every day. There's great security in being part of something amazing. Now you've gone and created something amazing, right? On that same level. But I want to know about that leap because I think for many people, they, they're not going to make that jump. Yeah, I'm glad you asked that actually because it really does make me ponder um i remember feeling so terribly lonely mm-hmm. when i left and i also remember missing being a- around such extraordinary talent because you would you'd be working on a hairstyle and you'd look up and you just see something so amazing and it would push you mm-hmm. to want to do something better tomorrow so i missed that terribly and um it was more of a personal reason that i moved on it wasn't professional mm-hmm. um and um uh, when I started to search for what the next thing was, it was quite difficult. And I did get, it was quite interesting. In one year, I got approached by five major manufacturers or to work with them as their artistic director. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know who to pick. <laughs> right. And it was so interesting. And I met Sadell Miller, who was the owner of Matrix. Yeah. And uh, I fell in love with her. She was so beautiful. And she reminded me of my mother. And my mother had just passed away. So there was a very emotional connection there. And she wanted to do something really important. She wanted to do something for women. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, you know, um, I never see success as a male, female thing, but I thought that would be lovely to, to do something, to give women some more encouragement, to uh, lift confidence, uh, because sometimes women can, can like pull back a little bit and they, and they don't need to. And so I, I went with, with them and I traveled the world doing that. So it was with a product company for a while. Then I got offered some salons uh, in the UK. I got offered a salon in New York and it just didn't feel right. And I turned away those those deals. And then I just based myself in a salon in New York and started to work on my own education. And I knew that I wanted to do this online platform, but I just, it was like, it's like showing up with a light bulb, but they haven't invented electricity yet. Mm -hmm. Love that. And I knew in my heart that there was something there. And and you know what's quite it's quite frustrating in life when you know you have a gift for something, but the platform hasn't revealed itself. Mm-hmm. Because I, yes, I've been in the salon. Yes, I've been in schools. Yes, I've been on photo shoots and all of that stuff. So I've been in these different platforms, but they never felt, they never felt, um, it wasn't I didn't, want, it I didn't feel complete. Yeah, yeah, it was something else. Yeah. Something, yeah. And and so I think it's important to, to find where that is and um, to search, to search for, for what that is. Because, you know, your past is your past. And do you want your past to be your future? I want to be able to say my past is a wonderful platform for having learned, but what do I want to invent for my future? Mm. And so that I am open to possibilities and, and living my future as though it's happening today is probably the hardest thing of all, especially in a COVID environment mm-hmm. where everything around you is so uncertain. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I was in a planning meeting today about 2021 and I'm shrugging my shoulders saying, I don't know. I don't know. We will try. Mm-hmm. We will give it our best. But I don't know. I'm living in a different world. Mm-hmm. So I think that you have to have such a positive attitude to the possibilities that are out there in order because life's like a magnet. You put that out there, the magnet will come back to you. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I always think that there's the that the, the world is the thinker and the prover. So you think something. And then the world will go and prove you right by delivering exactly what you believe. So, oh, nothing good ever happens to me. Probably our salon's going to do really, really bad. Probably the clients are not going to like it. Da, 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 da. And guess what? The world brings you all of those people to affirm that you're right. Mm-hmm. They see, they see I was right, told you it would never work. Right. Or, or I've been praying this- today and it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and this year, you know, the other thing that I'm, I want to add into that, you know, that I've been thinking a lot about is, is the ability to re- remain open in the face of un- uncertainty, because the reality is, is none of us expected this year. And so many interesting things have happened. Um, I mean, that look, this conversation, you know, m- maybe not the podcast, because we were podcasting already. But the fact that, you know, we've all been on three Zoom conversations today um, with people from other states, you know, I mean, that that happened as a direct result. Last year, if you would have said, hey, let's do it, let's do a a virtual event, people would have been like, why would we do a virtual event? That's that's silly. We in fact, I was trying to get some people to do virtual events and it wasn't accepted. And now it's like, oh, yeah, virtual hair show. Yeah, we'll whip one of those up really fast. And so, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, like putting putting your foot forward, taking that step and then allowing kind of the universe to do what it's going to do. And it might send you a curveball you know, and it might send you a not yet. Sometimes we get a not yet. Um, and then sometimes as um, Matthew McConaughey would say, we get the green light, you know, it's like, yeah, this is, this is the one. Can I ask about hair TV now, John, and how I, I just, you know, cause I'm dying to, 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 to let you kind of share all the platforms we can find you on. And I, and, and it would be great if we could hear a little snapshot of what we can expect there. I mean, a thousand videos, there just must be so much content there. What's it like inside of that platform? Yeah, it's a big platform. Um, it's divided into predominantly courses. And but before I say anything about the courses, I would like to give some people some really solid advice. We have clients that are now 
some of them are frightened to come into the salon. Some of them are extending their services. Mm -hmm. Some of them are trying to be resourceful. They're watching a YouTube video and trying to figure it out themselves. And some are realizing the value of their hairdresser even more than ever before. Mm -hmm. If your client has a great sense of style because you've given her a fabulous sense of style, that style, regardless of what it is, will grow out. And when she doesn't have that fabulous sense of style, you are valued even more. The, the styles that stand out the most, ironically, and that have a shorter shelf life are haircuts. Mm -hmm. Shorter haircuts. When a short haircut grows out, it goes, goes south pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. When long hair with long layers, as much as I love long hair, when that grows out and it grows out, you could not go to your hairdresser for a year. It will be okay. And in fact, when you do go to your hairdresser, you're saying, please just cut off a whisper. But when you have real style, really fabulous haircuts, they grow out really quickly and they don't look good when they grow out. And your hairdresser is more valued. And we have got scared of cutting hair short. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we can, do, we can make a lot of money cutting hair short. And guess what? We can make even more money coloring short hair because it's quicker. And we don't have to kill ourselves with a half an hour, 20 minute blow dry, 10 minutes to do the haircut. 20 minutes to do the blow dry and we're killing ourselves, right? right? So we, this time when we have downtime or shortened hours in the salon is a vital time to invest in learning how to cut hair short because you, you can't do a graduated bob on yourself. Mm -hmm. You can't do a <laughs> haircut on yourself. Not okay. well. You can't do the haircut I'm wearing on yourself well. Long mm -hmm. layers, you just tip your head upside down. You can cut the bottom off and you've got a long layer. You've got a square mm -hmm. long layer. Mm -hmm. So to my side, yes, uh, my side is divided between cut, color, editorial dress work styling, inspiration and motivational pieces, a lot of mentoring and guiding, the history of hair, hair mm -hmm. heroes lives there, and it's categorized. So when you go, for example, to my libraries, you'll see haircuts short, medium, and long. Mm -hmm. So you'll see maybe 10 pixie haircuts, undercut pixies, longer pixies, graduated pixies, razor pixies. So it's all categorized according mm -hmm. to square bobs, classic bobs, disconnected bobs. It's all categorized for an easy find. Mm -hmm. My ponytail course, we before we even get into the ponytail, I said about learning with intention. Before I even let you do one ponytail, we go through designing to face shape. We look at how to shift and change the balance of the face, how to design to profile, where to put that ponytail. Then we move into fashion. Well, this is a very sophisticated ponytail. This is bohemian, a relaxed ponytail, putting the right ponytail in, on the right client. So we do a fashion and lifestyle. Then we go into backcombing techniques, seven backcombing techniques. So we practice backcombing techniques. Then we practice pinning. You've got to know how to pin a hairstyle, otherwise it's not going to hold. Then we go into how the different hair pieces and hair extensions that you can use in a ponytail. Then after all of that, yeah. then we start ponytails. Yeah. We work on our sets. And then we, we have all of our foundational work. And then we go through all the different ponytails from classic to romantic to bohemian mm -hmm. to very sophisticated. So by the time you're finished 50 videos, you understand the why, the how. You're humbled by the ponytail because it's the most humbling hairstyle there is to do. But it's the easiest to sell. Mm -hmm. Let's put your hair in a ponytail. Let's not blow dry your hair today. Let's do a fun ponytail. Right. In half the time. Mm -hmm. Still can charge them. You're still doing you're selling, you're selling style. You're not selling techniques. You're right. selling a style. Right. So right. that's an, a good example. We have one course that's called Who is Sitting in Your Chair? And it's about developing your brand, being really clear about what you want to say on Instagram. It's about the law of attraction, how when you put it out there, it will come back to you. The universe will always provide and there's a science to back it up. I, not, this is not some random, strange thing. Um, we look at the consultation, how the, the, the correct narrative to have in order to increase your value behind your chair. Mm -hmm. We look at the law of compensation, how to increase that. And then we go through the whole consultation piece. I must have at least 20 videos just on face shape. Wow. wow how to change the head shape to change the face shape, how to change your parting to change the face shape. And and nobody is talking about that right now. No. I mean, anymore. I mean, very, very few people that I can think of are really talking about designing a haircut 
for your guest. And I mean, I, I feel like when I was younger, that was a big part of the conversation. It was, you know, uh, there were, you could find that. And now it's more about, you know, how to put this textured Bob on anybody that's sitting in your chair, you know, it's this, Mm -hmm. this, and, and the, the imagery that we're seeing is really the back of the haircut. It's like insert body and face here. And I've been in real life situations um, we were just talking to Misty Jane about this, where I've seen a hairstyle that looked amazing on the Instagram, but in person, it wasn't the client's favorite thing. And in all honesty, it really wasn't maybe the right shape for the person. Mm-hmm. And well, so that, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is really intriguing. But you see when every client wants to know what their face shape is. And usually they'll either say their face is fat. Right. Yep. And that's not necessarily true. And, mm-hmm. and because we're studying the shape of the hair, we're not studying the shape of the face. Mm-hmm. Because you can only focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. And when you think that 95% of what we do is unconscious, right. unconscious, only 5% is conscious thought. Mm-hmm. So whatever you learned in school is now automatic pilot. Mm-hmm. So what you did yesterday, you're going to repeat today. Mm-hmm. What you're doing today, you're going to repeat tomorrow. So if you want a new tomorrow, you have to make changes today. Right. right. And you have to understand that this is, and I'm going to use the word power because it mm-hmm. is power. When you have strong technical classic knowledge, mm-hmm. you can be on a photo shoot and that client that's paying you to be on that photo shoot can throw you a curveball mm-hmm. and say, we don't want that. We're going to go there. And you'll go, okay. I can do that. There is nothing worse than having someone sit in your chair and they ask for something and you don't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. And I was very good at talking people out of it by saying it wouldn't suit you. Mm -hmm. When in truth, I didn't know how to do it. And the day that that happened and I caught myself, I thought, you're going to live your lifetime in regret. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to have the discipline to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And that changed everything. Mm-hmm. Like, how horrible to go to work scared. Yeah. How horrible to lie to the client and to yourself because you don't have the courage or you don't have the discipline to go out there and mm-hmm. practice. And right. this, is the, this is the greatest deception about mastery. It looks easy. And it is not. Mm-hmm. Every single hair hero I have spoken with is passionate about the craft. They work phenomenally hard. Mm-hmm. They are open to opportunities and they're always looking for new. How do mm-hmm. I reinvent myself? New, new, being relevant. They don't want to be yesterday's old produce. Right. And yeah. they have that desire. Mm-hmm. The great thing about mastery is it doesn't matter either what you're doing. I can remember once upon a time when I was doing the second renovation for my salon and I had this guy come in at night because it was the only time he could work and he was hanging a suspended ceiling. And I remember watching him for at least an hour because he would drill holes, drop the wire, had a laser circling the room so he could see where the, the line was. He would move the scaffolding forward without getting off of it by rocking. And this continual motion of making something look so so easy that there was no way in a million years I could do it was in, was entrancing. Like I couldn't take my eyes off of watching him. And I think whether that's somebody hanging, you know, a suspended ceiling, or like you said, watching somebody doing some truly creative work, not forgetting the beauty, which I love the fact that you added that it just becomes mesmerizing when you're, when you're in it and you see it, it's all enrapturing. A Kim Knitzi mm-hmm. won the British Hairdressing Awards three times. He won London numerous times. Brilliant, brilliant man, brilliant hairdresser. He's one of my hair heroes. He said something so powerful. He said, when I was a junior, I slept, swept the floor with passion. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the best sweeper of hair. Mm-hmm. He said, because I realized if I didn't sweep, sleep, sweep that hair perfectly, mm-hmm. I was just on minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be on minimum wage. I wanted to be the best hair sweeper there. And mm-hmm. then I would graduate up to be the best shampooer. Because when he started, all he was allowed to do was sweep the hair. He wasn't allowed to touch anybody. Wow. 
So then it became the best shampooer. Mm -hmm. Then it became the best blow dryer. Right. The attitude to be the best. He said, people would often misunderstand me that I was trying to be arrogant or whatever. He said, I just wanted to be good. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. No. So when you love what you do, why not do it to the best of your ability? Because your, your competition is always with yourself. You will always find people better than you mm -hmm. and worse than you. Right. Take your inspiration from the, he the heroes out there. Mm -hmm. Learn from them. And when you look at people who are not doing as well, that's a reminder not to go there. Right. Because that's not a happy place. No one gets out of the bed in the morning and say, I want to have a loser day. I want everything to go wrong. I want to fail. I can't wait to be miserable. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know, Vivian. I think there are some people like that, but <laughs> I've, met, I've met one or two. <laughs> but well, that's an, that's I call them the walk, I call them the Walking Dead. Yeah, right? they they exist. Yeah. Well, that's filmed here in Atlanta, so you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, first, I'm going to ask John. I mean, I'm I'm pulling away. A, a, I mean, I'm going to just be looking at my notes and, and listening to this conversation a few yeah. times. But um, what are you walking away with, friend? I mean, it's. I'm going to I'm going to go back to one of the things we talked about earlier in the podcast, and that's Vivian's use of the word power or powerful. You know, I you know, it was interesting that you brought it up earlier in the podcast, but you continue to use it throughout our conversation today. And the thing that I liked about that is that that power comes from self-confidence, that power comes from the ability to get better at your craft. The, the power you're talking about is an inner power. It's not a power you're exerting on others. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that so much. And, um, and that was a great gift for today. So, so thank you very much. Yeah. Thank that, you. That, thank it's, you. It's been, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm giddy right now. Um, Vivian, you, you know this, we kind of talked about it briefly. You know, we've got people that are entering hair school now that'll be listening to this podcast all the way up to, you know, the, the twilight of their career and, and still enjoying it, still inspired. Um, anything you feel like we left on the table or a message you want to leave us with? Well, I, first of all, thank you to you both. Um, this, this industry is an extraordinary one to enter because there are so many platforms from the business aspect to the marketing, sales, product development, education, the world of film, theater, television. I and mean, it's so broad uh, as to what you can do. The most important thing is to listen to your heart, to the intelligence of your, your inner being sometimes not listening to the head in the beginning, mm -hmm. just listen to, to your heart and how your gut, the intuitive part of you is speaking to you and say, you know, ask yourself, what do I want? And I always say that if you can design your lifestyle first and then reverse your career into it, mm -hmm. you're looking at the kind of money that you'd ultimately like to make. You're looking at the type of home you want to be in, where in this planet you want to live because you can be live anywhere with hairdressing truly yeah. you can and what does what does your 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 personal life look like so that when you plug a career into it there's a natural fit because if you want to have a family and you want to have a certain quality of life and you want to live in an urban area but the other part of you wants to be traveling the world and doing photo shoots and doing all these amazing things that's going in two totally different directions because mm -hmm. you're married to that career you're not married to that sort of urban lifestyle so you have to really get clear by designing your lifestyle first and asking those questions and reversing your career into it so that you don't resent your career or wake up one day and say look at what I did for my career. Mm -hmm. I didn't have time for children or look what I did. My children got in the way and now I didn't achieve the things I wanted to do with my career. Mm -hmm. All of these things are very important and you have to fit, find the path that fits you and look at all the different avenues. Anytime you can assist, assist because by ass assisting you are on the job, you're observing and there's an art to assisting, being observant, knowing what the, the person needs and being as quiet as a mouse until you're needed because right. you, you're this, this person that's just making magic behind the scenes. So assisting is vital and be a lifelong learner. You, 
you every door in the world will open to you as your skill increases and as your skill increases you know i was speaking about the power today it is a quiet power it's it's a it's, it's a strength that comes from within you it's like a love that comes from within you and clients feel that radiate out and you don't need to brag. You don't need to show off. You don't need to impress because it's coming from the inner sense of uh, an inner knowing that mm -hmm. you're on a path that is right for you. So be true to yourself because this, this world now, especially online, there are, you, you can take courses in wig making, you can take courses in all different things, but be mindful of bouncing around from place to place. Mm -hmm. Focus. Give a course your 100%. Mm -hmm. Because today, even though financially we're all challenged today, I think where we're even more challenged is time. Mm -hmm. And money will come and go, but time won't. Don't squander that time. Be mindful of how you invest your time for a return today and tomorrow. And if you invest well in yourself, you don't have to worry about the money. That will come. Great. Uh, Chris is, uh, I think, speechless, so we'll help him out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Vivian, how do our listeners get a hold of you? Where can they find you? Hair is it hairdesignertv.com? TV and uh, my Instagram is Vivian McKinder, and uh, Facebook is Vivian McKinder. And uh, yes, that's how you can say hello. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Chris, what you got? Well, we'll have all those links obviously below. Um, thank you to the listener. I mean, you know, Vivian just showed up and gave her all and left John and I speechless. And uh, uh, we're hoping maybe she did the same for you. I mean, those closing thoughts were, you know, um, I think epic. You know, the, the thought nowadays, especially when you ask a new hairstylist, how much do you think you can earn in a year? And they don't have an answer for it. And what you're kind of positioning to us is go, what do you want your life to look like? And then, you know, plan your career around that. So Vivian McKinder, again, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, John. Thank you. Christine. Thank you, Vivian. Thank you. Every time we have one of these conversations, I walk away with a little bit more than I knew before I came in. And I love that about these podcasts. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we also walk away with a lot of gratitude to our listeners. You know, we, we, we're watching those listens go up there. We, we hate to ask, but we know there's a few things we need to ask for. I don't hate asking. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Hey, for those of you who haven't heard me ask before, five-star reviews. You got the phone in your hand, it's down by your lap. I don't care where it is, but it's not that far away from you. Five-star reviews. You know you want to do it. You know you love this podcast. Share it with the world because every time you create a five-star review, an angel gets its, gets its wings. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah. And while that angel is getting its wings, it helps us move up, um, you know, and helps us get more noticed in the podcast world, helps share the message. And if you're really being served by this, which we hope you are, um, you know, we'd love for you to share that with some other salon owners. The other thing we're going to ask you to do is to follow us on Instagram at 124.go as well as Facebook. We're going to get more active on our Facebook page. And so if you're a Facebooker, then uh, follow us on Facebook at 124.go. And um, if you're a grammar, please tag us in your stories and we'll do the same uh, in ours. So thanks again for listening, everybody. We will see you on the next episode. Bye. <laughs>